0: If you would open up your Bibles with me, we are in the book of Luke as we go, have been going through this together uh, for a little while now and uh, getting the whole, uh, whole council of Scripture and we're going kind of uh, section by section here in the book of Luke. Um, and if you would turn to the 10th chapter of Luke, uh, Justin preached last week uh, about an encounter that Jesus had uh, with a, a lawyer uh, and the lawyer had this great question He said, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Uh, This is a big question, right? And so we get to spend a couple of weeks looking at Jesus' response uh, to this uh, this lawyer and really give us some direction as to how we are to live our lives. Now, we're mainly going to be talking today about the concept of love, both the love that God has for us, but as we see in the story of the Good Samaritan. So already, uh, I just say that, and you have an idea of what we're talking about, because it's such a famous story. We're going to see the kind of love that we are to have for others as well. This concept of love is uh, best defined through Scripture. If you you look at the world around us, I mean, you have to wonder, how how do atheists view the concept of love? It's a challenge as an atheist uh, to understand this idea of love. Now, you can understand the idea of a romantic kind of love, but what about an altruistic, uh, a, a love of humanity, a love towards humanity? Where do you get that from as an atheist? If everything is biology and chemistry, it, it, it takes, it takes some, some leaps to get to a, a divine kind of love a love that loves outside of the, the care for your own self. Steve Martin had a, uh, uh, a, a little bit that he did that, uh, with his banjo in a little band called Atheists Have No Songs. Have you heard this before? Atheists have no songs. The Methodists have it, the Baptists have it, the Pentecostals have it, but atheists have no songs. Have songs. What would they sing about, right? <laughs> they have no hymns. Because they don't have this kind of love that we have grounded in a divinity. In, in sociological terms, you might talk about why they're being loved. The existence of love is due to some kind of social contract. So if, if I am loving towards you then I can expect something in return. That's the only way that it kind of it greases the wheels of society, right? So there's a contract we have that if I, if I serve you, that in some way it will come back to me. Or this idea of karma, like if I send out enough good stuff, there's something out there that's going to send some good stuff back to me. This is, not, this is not the way it is from God's example and God's word. It's something much more beautiful Eternal. Because our understanding of love, well, first John says it, God says of Himself, God is love. Jesus came and his mission was to come and put himself in the way. Eternal life is paved with love. The way to eternal life is paid with love and Jesus came and put himself in the way and stepped in front of the bus for you and me he took the full weight of sin and pain and death and he died for the sin and sinners who were perpetrating sin against him certainly this idea of love that we find in Jesus is unique across the landscape of the world Love, And so we have songs and we sing how deep the father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that he should give his only son to make a wretch a treasure. Mm, Somebody should say amen. It's like feeling something here because that's good news. Amen. That's the kind of love that he has for us. How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make a wretch a treasure. That's good stuff. So now in our story today, if you didn't, if you weren't, I wasn't here last week. I listened to uh, Justin's sermon last week uh, online. Uh, You'll want to do that. It's a great sermon if you didn't hear it last week. And this, this lawyer comes and he's trying to make sense of things, we hope, and uh, he's testing Jesus and he says, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus turns the question on him and he says, what is, what is written in the law and how do you read it? And so this... This lawyer, well-studied in law, understanding uh, of the Old Testament uh, scriptures, he he brings them all together and he gets the answer right. And he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, you got it right. You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. It should have been the end of the conversation, but no, no. He had to press it a little bit further. Because he wasn't totally satisfied with the answer. I don't know whether he wasn't satisfied because he couldn't do it. He didn't like the answer. Or he was trying to trick Jesus. And so he asked. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And then we have the story of the Good Samaritan. Let me read it for you. Jesus replied, On the other side, but a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he, he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he sent him on his own. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn to take care of him the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. And he said, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. That's interesting an interesting story, isn't it? I mean, as the, the lawyer comes up, he has familiarity with the, the love of God throughout what is written of the Old Testament. But he has a question as to what is the definition of when I say definition, I mean not just what is the idea of love. He wants to know how far do I have to love. What is the boundary to which I should love? Who is the person I'm, I'm supposed to love? And and so he's looking like, of these people, which one are you saying I ought to love? Now, he would be influenced undoubtedly, undoubtedly by the, the, the Jewish literature of the day. The, the Syrac, which is is kind of like a, a, a writing that is accompaniment to Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament. A book of wisdom uh, that was, uh, uh, was used in Jewish literature. And in fact, you'll find it in the Catholic Bible today. In, in chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, which I'm sure he was familiar with, it says this. If you do good, know to him whom you do it, and you will be thanked for your good deeds. So, if you do good... Do good to the devout, and you will be repaid. That's not a bad idea, right? If not by them, certainly by the Most High. No good comes to one who persists in evil or to the one who does not give alms. Give to the devout, but do not help the sinner. Yeah. So this young lawyer, he's well-versed, and he probably knows this scripture, and he's probably saying, you know, just confirm with me if you would. Like, who do I got to be nice to? Uh, To what extent? Is it my brothers? Is it my righteous brothers and sisters? Who is it? And Jesus goes on to tell a story, and he actually doesn't answer the question. (laughs) Because it was the wrong question. There is this man who's lying on the side of the road and he has been beaten. We have these religious men that come by on their way, probably to temple or from temple. And as they go, they see this man who's beaten up on the side of the road. Now, when I was younger, I had heard the reason why they wouldn't go and mess with this guy is because he would be unclean. But actually, he would be unclean. But this man would also be Near death, And there's a responsibility among any Jew to see someone laying on the side of the road and they are about to die to take care of them, to bury them. Like they could go against the Sabbath law and fulfill fulfill the good works of the Sabbath and take care of them. But these guys, they, they keep on their way. They see him and they wonder if he's even alive. And so they pass by. They pass by on the other side. There's some distance. They keep from the one who is in need. I think the question that Jesus is asking is, who does that guy think his neighbor is? Yeah. Levi passes by, the priest passes by, and then, and then comes a Samaritan. This is a messy, messy story. Because the Samaritan come, stops by, and, and, and many of you know, y'all at church, theologian-educated people, we, we know about Samaritans, right? Like, Samaritans are half-breeds. They, they don't worship right. They don't talk right. You can't even eat a meal with them. They're unclean. By their nature, they're unclean. And so Jesus is saying, now, there was a Samaritan, and right kind of perks up the ears. They're like, yeah, he's he's going to do something bad. And no, 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 what does a Samaritan do? It's kind of like if, you, if you're a Democrat today, and you, or if you're a Republican today, and you hear, and, and then walk by Bernie Sanders. And you go, oh, no, no, to Bernie Sanders. Or if you're, a, if you're a, a, a Democrat today, you say, and then walk Donald Trump. Go, oh, no, no, Donald Trump would not stop for that man. You know he wouldn't, Right? Same kind of, elicits the same response from the Jewish people like, oh, why would you throw Samaritan in there like that? And the Samaritan, not the religious guys, he stops and he takes care of this man. What did this cost, the Samaritan? I I don't want you to to miss this. It wasn't a couple of denarii that it cost him. This man was on his way. He had some business to do. We got some business to do too, don't we? And that is really the reason why we don't stop is because we got our own stuff to do. And so this man on the side of the road who he did not know, who may or may not have been Jewish, probably Jewish, which means the guy, if he kind of looked up, he may not be happy at first to see he was a Samaritan. But since he was half dead, he'd probably be rejoicing because someone cared for him, right? Yeah. And that's what Jesus is saying. Who's the neighbor? It's someone who will see somebody who is who's lying on the side of the road, and the person says, I need someone to realize that I am struggling, I am hurting, I am near death. And I don't really care if it's a Samaritan. Just pick me off the road. And so this Bernie Sanders guy is inconvenienced, and he puts him on his donkey, and he takes him back to the inn, and he says, I want you to take care of this guy, and it costs him some money, it cost him some time, Cost costs him being inconvenienced, and he said, now here's the deal, I'm a, I, I hope this will cover it, if not, I'm coming back, when I come back, we'll, we'll, we'll settle up, I'll make sure he's all right, and, and we'll just take it from there. It wasn't just a, you know, pop in your life, pop in, uh, out of your life, you said, I want to make sure this guy is okay. It wasn't checking a box. It's like, we got to make sure he's okay. You know, this is a a difficult, this kind of love is difficult in in many ways. You know, when I was, uh, I had a sociology professor, and he was saying, you know, if you're driving down a country road, if you're driving like, uh, uh, for us, you know, you're you're driving down uh, 390 or something, and you're driving along, and you see a car on the side of the road, and a guy is laying down next to it, what are you gonna do? We're probably gonna stop, right? We're like, I might know that dude, <laughs> you know, or you know, I am like the only one, I gotta take care of him. He said, but now if you're in the big city and you see a guy on the side of the road and he's laying next to his car, you're like, just keep going, right? Uh-oh. Right? You know, it's a it's a different thing when a small town and a large town. In fact, that's why most of you moved here, right? <laughs> get away from that kind of stuff but to be in this small community and so what has happened is we have have kind of put that to a greater level where we aren't even in contact with people we kind of stay inside our little parameters and we try to live a comfortable life and we don't see people anymore and Jesus is saying a good neighbor is someone who sees and does something about it let's pick up the story where Jesus says He asked then the lawyer a question. My dad has a a pastor. He was talking to the rabbi. He said to the rabbi, he said, uh, so why it seems like Jewish people always answer questions to question. And the rabbi said, do we do that? And Jesus asks a question of a question. He says, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? (laughs) What's he going to say? But he answers correctly, doesn't he? He says, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. You know, after hearing about the great love that God has for us, the great love that Jesus has for us, when we hear this lawyer who says, I understand it all, the summation of it is to love God and to love others. And then to add that question, but I also want to know, like, which one of those am I supposed to love? We kind of go, you don't get get it. (laughs) Why are you asking that question? You're to have this profound love of God who loves the sinner, who loves the sinner and is willing to stand in front of the bus to take it for you and for me. You're, you're asking the wrong question. He was looking for Jesus maybe to point to this group but not that group, but Jesus didn't point at them. He, he pointed the, the question back at the lawyer. Which, which one of these? This is who I want I want you to do this thing. I want you to love like I have loved. It is so easy for us to be so honed in in our lives and not have eyes for our neighbors and not be willing to act. But this is not the way of a Christian. We are called to something else, we are called to a bigger, more beautiful agenda. It says we give of our our lives. He asks, who is my neighbor? And, And Jesus says, I really want to know, are you a good neighbor? Jesus' example produces a tension that proves this point. When he brings up the Samaritan... He says, there was a Samaritan. Immediately, there's a ugh that goes inside of all those who are listening. And the, re- the reason they're doing this is because they don't love the Samaritans. It's, and it's like Jesus is winking at them, right? You know what I mean? Who's a Samaritan for you? I loved what uh, Justin said last week. Are you who you say you are? Why do you have to go up and talk like that? We say we're Christians. We say we're followers of the Christ. We're imitators. We're little Christ. Are you who you say you are? Do you love like Christ? Do I love like Christ? In our world... Is there room for this kind of love? Church, is there room for this kind of love? There's a great need. Nation against nation. Neighbor against neighbor. Color against color. Politician versus politician. Family member versus family member. Our world needs this kind of love that only comes through Jesus Christ. But it's here. So where should we go from here? Are you a good neighbor? Do you have eyes? <laughs> Do you see your neighbor? Do you care for your neighbor? Are you willing to be inconvenienced for it to cost you something? That's what he's called us to. When we hear costs, though, we kind of get a little worried. Am I going to have an, enough in the account to cash that check? <laughs> but that's why we go back to Jesus. We go back to Jesus. We go back to Jesus. We get filled up with his love. We're able to pass it on to others. We're reminded constantly that he loved us so much. We get to not only remember it, but we get to experience it. We are greatly loved. We come every Sunday and we rehearse these songs together and sing them over and over again. We look at the Psalms, it says, and your love endures forever and ever. And as we talked about youth, it's almost like David says it so many times. You go, just stop saying it, okay? I get it. (laughs) His love endures forever and ever and ever. Is it what you bathe in? Is it what you fill up in? Is it what you hand out? I pray that we are good Samaritans. That we are like Christ. He is given to us uh, richly. It is the hallmark, it's the defining mark of the people of God. We love really well. Let us be faithful. to Love our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. It just compels us to love our neighbors as ourselves. The guy on the side of the road was looking for a good neighbor. Will he find you? Will he find me?